Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friends Kyle Rice, Russell Gardner, and I are continuing our five-volume series in Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra with volume four on the series. Today, we're going to be going through issues 37 through 48, so consider yourself warned because we're going into full spoilers. As always, remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics, and make sure to clobber the like and subscribe buttons, as well as leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And welcome back to Camera Reads Comics. It has been a long time since we've done this, but here we are back with Why the Last Man, episode four, volume four, book four. Um, Kyle Russ, hi, I miss you guys. Hey, Cam. Hey. We were just talking before this, and life has been very complicated for all of us, and it has been such a season, so I I regret putting this out as early as we did, because I have not been able to do a consistent five weeks, so let me tell you already, I've apologize, I apologize. Um, it'll actually be probably two more weeks until we do episode five, at least, so we're going to get this out, we're going to put it out, we're, we're going to finish soon, and then in the time that we have started <laughs> and finished this series... Why the Last Man season one will have aired and have been canceled. So, <laughs> and, and, and I was, we were joking around because uh, Russell, Kyle, and I, uh, I said, I said, cause we were supposed to wait. Kyle did not wait. He watched the series nope. already. And I said to Russ, I was like, Russ, I regret not watching it sooner, not getting on the series sooner, because I think our two views would have changed the tide of that cancellation. Do you feel that way? Um, sure. Suppose so. I thought Kyle's one viewership would have just carried strong, but I thought it was going to. T- I was gonna, I was gonna risk our friendship to save the the TV. So yeah, the I'm TV like, show. I'm like really sad because I think that it, it. I don't know. Did you guys watch Jupiter's Legacy? No. What that? It's it's a it's a, it was a comic book Sorry. adaptation on Netflix, and feel free to go listen to that one if you guys are wondering about Jupiter's Legacy series. But um. That show, I was like, I don't know how high my bar of expectation was for that show, but I know why is better than that because that one also got canceled in like the first season. And so this one, I really, I'm like, I'm really surprised because I think FX would have been the right people to helm it. But anyways, let's just let's just get into this book. Um, wait, actually, no. What have you guys been up to in the meantime? Tell tell us what your weeks have been like. Well, Kyle and I are both student teaching. So we've been in classrooms, like multiple classrooms. We go to our like normal classrooms where we student teach. And then we go to our university classrooms where we've got to learn stuff. And then we do endless homework and part, I have part time. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's not fun. Mm Mm-mm. Not it's a lot of time to read comics. Not that's for sure. definitely yeah. not Pretty a much lot. Zero time. No, I feel you, and especially like same similar. I think we're all in this huge flux situation because Kyle got married in the time that we've been recording. I this did. Series. That also probably should have led with that, but <laughs> that's cool. Nah, nah. <laughs> um, so it's it's just been one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, we are all over the place, and like on my end, starting a new job. Moving out, getting acclimated. I like literally first time I moved out and like had to provide for myself. And so I'm like, okay, how do I work out and grocery shop and read comics and then p- put out content and do all the things. So now I finally feel like on top of learning the 40 hour, 40 hour work week, I feel like now I'm like, my head is at water level. It's not above water yet, but I'm like, okay, I think I'm, I'm, I'm navigating prioritizing my time and able to, you know, make the, things like this happen. So I can also compliment you for our uh, audio podcast listeners that can't see your apartment. You've decorated beautifully. You know what? We big fan. The most important things on the shelves are the comic books, and they are they are in abundance. I realized as I was interior designing, I'm like, oh wow, like there's a lot of comic book stuff, and I'm like I'm not done hanging up all the stuff I want to hang up, and I'm like I don't know if I'll hang up the rest. It's never enough, man. Looks um, great. Thank you. 
you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll put, I was thinking about doing a room tour of the comic book situation for the YouTube. So also I've been up to YouTube. So if you guys are missing any camera reads comics content, go check out my YouTube page. I think in the, I counted in the last, you know, two weeks I've put out like eight videos. So go check those out. Wow. Um, content. lots of trailer reactions. Okay. DC it. league of the super pets. Surprisingly like my highest anticipated <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm all really, in on that. It is going to be so freaking good. Go watch the trailer or watch my trailer reaction video. Okay, Reads Comics YouTube. Not <laughs> Russell, though. Not me. If you've oh, read yeah. any, if, you, <laughs> if you've listened to any three of our first episodes, Russell will not be watching it. How's this, Russell? I'll just send you the video of, so I have to capture it of like the camera of just me, and then I attach the trailer later. I can just give you the. Without the trailer, me reacting. <laughs> you you like, smiling oh, wow. though. You smiling oh. though will give away too much for yeah. Russell. I'm like, oh yeah, wow. You've already said too much that it's anticipated for you, and I don't like that. The dog. The, <laughs> the main character is Crypto the Super Dog. That's not a spoiler. It's called Super Pets, anyways. Well, Russell didn't know that. Well, now you know. I'm a, I'm okay with spoiling that. Is it animated? I'm not gonna get. I'm, it, I'm not saying anything else. Is it the crypto from that one show that Titans? No. Oh my gosh, I forget that you watch Titans. Mm. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Not the same dog Did actor. you finish season three, Russ? No. I never finished season three either, so. It, Why? I, it wasn't as good later on. Oh my gosh, wait, okay. Sorry. We, we, after listening to episode, <laughs> after listening to book three, I'm like, we went on too many tangents. Let's just dive into this one. Um, I think Russell and I briefly, before the mic started, we said that this is this is our favorite volume that we've read of the series. I think Kyle, that's mutual. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. I didn't realize how much to like, cause it's been, you know, longer. So we, we had done, it's probably been two months since we recorded, which is fine because I feel like this series kind of like it, it I, I, I feel like I wasn't missing anything. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I, I remember exactly where we left off and then moving forward. Did you guys feel that way? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was gonna say, I was talking to Russell a little bit on the way over here, but it's like this book in particular, we get to see like all the best, all the backstories of all of our favorite characters. We finally get to meet and see like who they really are, not just how they interact with Yorick, but we get to see their their actual like backstories and their and their lives, specifically Ampersand backstory the most important character arguably <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but um yeah ampersand was um like literally i think we got we got a single issue okay because so we had last week or last why volume three it ended on what beth has been up to kind of kind of where mm -hmm. she left off we don't know where she's been but now she's in paris um we had we had did we have a full issue on ampersand or was that dr man's issue for this one? Yeah. I don't think it was a full issue. It wasn't. It was like a few pages. It was like the end of one of the issues. Yeah. It was... Yeah. Okay, so Ampersand, where he ended up, um, we had a full issue on Agent 355, a full issue on Alter, and then I think Dr. Mand got a full issue. So it's like, mm -hmm. it was, you know... And I like that. I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why this was my favorite volume is like, okay, like... I like I like that Brian K. Vaughn drops you right into what's happening. I was thinking about the first issue of the series where it's like, okay, you pretty much have two hours before the gender side. And that's about as much context as we have into all of everyone, you know? And then we just, we, we pick up mid-story, which is good. And then these issues later to provide context, I think we're, we're so valuable. Um, what do you think was your favorite uh, uh, origin issue? Russ, you go first. That's a good question. So I have my three are Alter three fifty five and Doctor Man. Yeah, you can and throw Ampersand. Beth. You can throw and Beth and Ampersand in there too. Um, I think probably off the cuff. This is well, this is biased because this is my favorite character. But yeah, I like the three fifty five backstory a lot. Um, especially because it's like oh, upbringings in the Culpering. Um. The part with her and her dad and her dad being like the tailor. Um, I love that I thought that, that was scene. so precious. And then like, you know, all their backstories are like laced with tragedy of different kinds. And like, I think that's cool that he's very intentional about, he shows you like the heartwarming thing. And then it's just like a gut-wrenching, guess who died? The heartwarming character that you just were introduced to like four panels ago. Yeah. Um, and then 
So I thought that was really like the one of the most vivid, like memorable panels for me is just like the one where she's like, I think I wet my dress or whatever after she oh, hears. She's that. like, I need to borrow some pants. Yeah, like, that's that's the mm-hmm. first thing she says after her parents died. Yeah, and like whole family. That gives me like chills, sort of like just that that type of reaction. You know, it's like I, I don't know. It's very. It feels real, you know. Or, it's very Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, and so I loved that. I loved the um, former 355 training montage video, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know the eventual her facing off with the older 355 and that whole scene. What number was she originally? Wasn't she 80? 80, 83. 83. Yeah, sure. Sure. Sorry. But uh, how long ago did you guys read this book? <laughs> I read the first half actually kind of a while ago, and the you. second half was in the last couple of days. Kyle, uh, most of it last night. I like woke up, so we we recorded and at eleven. Nobody knows what time this is or whatever. We recorded at eleven. I woke up at seven thirty and read the whole thing today, and I finished, so I was happy. It's fresh. Yeah. Oh, it's so fresh. Um. Okay. <laughs> wait. Uh. So yeah, I just thought that that whole dynamic of like getting to, especially because three fifty five all the characters is like very, very secretive. She's part of this secret organization and all that stuff. And so getting some like knowledge about what that was like for her, you know, developing just the empathetic understanding of you, you really get the foundation for, Oh wow. She was like this pure innocent girl at one point. And then also just the, you see her kind of struggling with death, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like the people she's, and that's like a theme throughout this book too, is like, Wow, I'm becoming more and more hardened to like the people I'm killing and Ugh. doing it with less forethought. Um, I, got, I have I a question cool. about that scene in particular, but we, I, I'm going to say that for the end. Yeah. Um, Kyle, what was your favorite origin issue? And it can also be 355 because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, mine was 355. Yeah. So um, I will say I, I did I did really enjoy 355s. I would say my favorite though, uh, because it's the first time, and I remember reading it reading the whole thing through the very first time. And this is like my second reading of the whole series, but it brought me back to this was the first time I ever cared about Alter. I, I liked Alter. I so I'm I'll just say like my favorite origin in this in this book was Alters because it's the first time like I I care about her. Mm-hmm. I I don't really like. It's interesting her towards like the beginning. I is it book two I think is when she has a big showdown with everyone and then gets sent back to yeah um Israel and everything so yes I, it is book two yeah and but like this this year now like seeing her backstory I think is just I mean like I said like the first time I even give her like a second thought and then we get to see that like she is in my opinion almost kind of like the the mirroring um like 355 character like throughout the book where she she kind of seems like this whole like evil character like towards the beginning and has her priorities all different and then you see her whole backstory and understand why she's the way that she is and the the scene where she's I mean she's at like a military camp and then the the woman um the suicide bomber comes in and she she knows right away that she's has a bomb and everyone's like no like uh don't be like that. Like, don't be as serious. And that kind of seemed like the first time where like we see her, we see her be like who she is in book two. Yeah. Where like she takes everything seriously, like without emotion and wants to finish the job. And it's because she, she witnessed a bunch of people die from a bomb in this military camp when she was younger. And it's like, she just has the mission like, in her forefront of her brain. And so like yeah. getting to see that, that origin and understand her, um, I think kind of carries more weight than the characters I already cared about, which were Dr. Man and Drifty five and ampersand. So I think, I think the, the my favorite part of the, those issues was that I think there's one moment in each of those that you understood that character's entire mission, mm-hmm. like in, in, in a way that was so, I think what Russell says is like human, like for for 355 it was like oh wow i'm killing my mentor you know uh, and then, and then to the point where she adopted her identity or she had learned that she needs to be kind of heartless and the way that she took out her men- her mentor was like tying it back to a conversation they had a long time ago i was like oh my gosh and that was such like a badass like 
almost like diehard-esque movie sequence where it's like, you forgot the strongest muscle. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and then, and then uh, Dr. Man going into cloning to eliminate love mm-hmm. from, you know, procreation. I was like, oh my gosh. Like that was, pretty, that was pretty wild. And then I think Alters is, I just think about her being left at the, at the tree. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was like, that was so powerful. And, and, and it was, and, and then tying that the next scene is her dis like, you know, not trusting anyone. And it's like, what? Like how alter, how is that what you took? I'm like, how did that, you know, sitting at the tree waiting for that boy that you liked, how did that turn into, I don't trust anyone. And, oh, it was just so, wow. I don't know if you guys have anything to say about that. Yeah, I was struck by the the that especially like it would be one thing to for her to just have it's um like the next funeral scene right for like that mm-hmm. just to stand by itself, but then to like couple that with oh and the night before that's like when she's uh, getting stood up by the boy at camp and just like coupling that into like as a kid so many like different emotions stirring around and you can just. I, I thought that was like pretty especially heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Like events like that event in her childhood led to like this whole domino effect throughout her whole life to this point where now she's going around killing a bunch of people. And yeah, like that's just crazy how it starts out from just being with the tree stood up by the boy. And then where she is now is, I don't know. That's quite yeah. the, quite the character it character buildup. Yeah, no, I feel you. Um, it's and, and we saw those dominoes and all those issues, which was really awesome. Okay, let's get into. Uh, I want to talk about the arc with the reporter because it's something. Something I had a, a thought while I was watching that, and it was. Um, I think it's so interesting that like I feel like three fifty five went off the deep end, as you know, with that. And I was like, I was trying to bridge. I'm like, why is she so like? I'm like. Because there was the one where the where she tackled the girl and they like went off the balcony and I was like, why are you so aggro right now? Like I don't. And then I like I tried to reread the panels because I'm like, did she say something like hit way close to home? Because I did not see any like inciting thing. And what I noticed is that like okay, three fifty five is someone that operates in the shadows. Like she has been a secret agent, you know, d- trying to be unseen but accomplish uh, accomplishing a task, and then. What's, what does that reporter do? She blows up her entire mission and everything. And it's like the, the reporter's job is literally to do the opposite, is to bring all that stuff into the light. And I think that's why she was so irritated by that. And I just found that so um, compelling. Did, how'd, you, how'd you guys like that arc? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think, too, one thing that I was kind of thinking during that is like 355 sort of like, on edge because you already we kind of get the idea that she's like got some sort of something for Yorick and then we're already past that like event with her and Dr. Man that York walked in on and so like there's a lot of like stuff stirring for her and then she's on this like side mission to sort of try to help York to find Beth and so like it just seems like there's a lot of things that she's almost like doing just because she wants to do what York wants to do, but then like the end goal of it is actually like not good for her. Yeah. Um, and so she's just like, I guess, yeah, sort of on edge about that. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought like her selflessness was pretty interesting and her willingness to like give York a window to go find Beth and, um, like pursue that, even though it wasn't like the best thing for them to do at the time. Yeah. Um, I like that component of it. Yeah. If my memory is like true, I don't know. We can fact check this, but I'm pretty sure this is like the first time she, like Russ said, like willingly does what York wants to do just like for York and have nothing to do with the actual mission itself. And she wants to do something that just he wants to do. And the one time she allows that to happen, it completely goes south. And like you were saying, Cameron, like pretty much ruins her entire mission. Yeah. Like a, a news article that goes out to the whole world it's like her mission, like keep him safe. Sure. But the one way that she was doing that was like you said, in the shadows. So just that one thing, the one time she doesn't like trust like her mission and her gut and the way that she does things, everything goes South, like completely ruined. And so I would imagine your whole goal over the last few years is completely ruined in this one day. And it happens to be this one reporter. So it, 
I guess it makes sense that she would like the one thing she wants to do is just kill her. Yeah. She's yeah. Done. It was, it was like, oh my, it, it was just like, wow. Like what was the switch that was flipped, you mm-hmm. know, but it kind of makes sense. Um, I, sorry. The, I also just like, it was a few little small scenes, but I liked the two times that, uh, Yorick was kind of like a little like badass in the, in that whole, uh, thing where like one, he took the plane ticket from, from the reporter and then he, and then he takes Dr. Man's gun. Or yes. Dr. Man, sorry, 355's gun. And yeah. I, I love that part. You're right. You're right. She's like Same. all confused and she doesn't think that like anyone would be capable of doing that. And he does it. He like outsmarts her because it's like we were saying, like it's the time that she's not thinking clearly. She yeah. just wants to kill him, kill her and doesn't care about the mission anymore. Yeah. The consistency of his only skill being like <laughs> yeah. sleight of hand <laughs> and oh magician God. stuff exactly. is amazing. Yeah. I... I don't know why or how that like part of him has become my absolute favorite part of him. I'm like, mm-hmm. cause you always forget. It's yeah. like, he's so incompetent in literally everything else, but then he'll just do one thing. And I'm like, it's, it's almost like, it's like uh, Steve Carell in the office where it's like, Michael Scott is a buffoon. But he will do one thing and we'll all love him for it. It's just like, wait, what? Like, he'll just surprise you randomly. And it's like, uh, it leaves you speechless. York is that. With what you're talking about, too, I just, there was three times I could, I, don't, I didn't write down all three. Oh, no, I did. Three times in this volume that it, it had some of my favorite dialogue of all time. One is in my in the entire series, but we'll get there. The first one is during the chase when he rescues three fifty five and he lets like the reporter get away. Three fifty five is like, she's like a forty year old woman. Like he and then she said, <laughs> yeah. "You have the reflexes of escargot." <laughs> I was like, oh I'm like, what? Yeah, it's like she's a forty year old woman, and then he's like, oh, she's high thirties, like yeah. <laughs> at the worst. <laughs> and she's like. She he's she hit him and he's like she hits like a linebacker. Oh my gosh, you are weak. <laughs> and I'm like, so I love lame. that for him. But yeah, that sleight of hand moment was really good. And I think that was like the first time like Yorick was mature. Mm-hmm. He's like, you need to stop. And I think he makes one of the most compelling arguments. Something that surprised me about that, he's like, did you? He's like, did you even read this newspaper though? Like it is, they are trash. And he called it um, bird birdcage liner because it's like. No, this is Bigfoot exists news. All right. This does not matter. You know, we don't need to get so upset and it's getting hard enough after years to try and conceal my identity. So like it's the word has already been out mm-hmm. and it was just like, like him, him to be the one to bring, do, uh, not Dr. Man. Uh, now I'm doing it. 355 down. I thought was like, it shows their connection, mm-hmm. you know? And, and we see that more in this text. Uh, I like that this, this book is started with that whole issue because I, th- if I remember correctly, like almost every issue after this, when it's not talking about like an origin story, but we see like people, like random people throughout it, everyone's like now seen that report. So it's like, although he's like, oh, like this is like a joke and stuff, and like, oh, like who cares? Like, we like, no one's gonna know. There's literally like seven instances throughout this whole book where like, there's just someone talking. I think it happened a couple times when they were in Japan, but like literally like two different bystanders were like, Oh yeah, it must be like the guy from the, like from that newspaper. Like, Oh, it's probably, have you heard about that last guy in the newspaper? And there's like all these traces throughout the, the rest of the book. So I like that he started with, with this and making this volume, I guess. Yeah. He, this whole volume was so freaking good and it provided so many of my favorite moments. Um, Okay, I saw a lot of foreshadowing uh, in 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 this, and we need to go spoiler free, obviously. But like, I saw so much foreshadowing, and I I think that's been my favorite part about this rereading of of the series is like, you know, I kind of know the mm-hmm. big the big hits, the big swings, and like, there's so many moments that are like so important that that I uh, that I saw in this. Um, how did we feel? I was like, I was looking at my questions. How did we feel about? Uh, we got a lot of context into Dr. Man in this and even past the origin story, you know, they go to, they go to uh, Japan and they go to Tokyo and uh, I forget the other place they go to. Los it's Angeles. Like, like, Oh, you mean just in, in the, not in, in the flashback. Yeah. Not in the flashback. Oh. Um, the Philippines. We, we met Dr. Man's oh, mother. New Guinea. Yeah. We saw how um, Toyota, you know, is, is related 
so far there's obviously a bigger deeper cut later but um how, how did you feel about the, the the glimpses that we got into dr man because that's been a character that we i don't want to say it's, it's peripheral to the agent 355 and yorick narrative like we know that but how do we feel about uh her family interaction her interactions and then like i guess her relationships with the other women kyle you go first um well, for, for those that don't know, I believe is Doc, Dr. Man's on the cover of this volume, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we both removed the covers yeah, yeah. as we... <laughs> but yeah. it, this I, is true. I, I, believe, I believe she's the cover. And I, I find myself like kind of throughout the this book thinking like, man, she kind of seems like the vocal point in so many of these issues. I mean, there's obviously like the different origin stories of the different characters, but I found myself like really wanting to know and care what was going on with Dr. Man throughout this, this whole book. Uh, just like her relationship with, uh, is her name Rose? I believe. Is oh, I the, remember. I ca- in my head, I'm like, yes. her name is yeah. I patch. Yeah. They call her patch. Yeah. <laughs> patch is a hula hand. She, uh, she, yeah, I mean, she's completely falling in love with this spy. And I feel like at the time the Rose gets stabbed by Dr. Man's mom and then, like, in her sleep, she's kind of telling her that she's a spy. And Dr. Man's like, no, like, you don't know what you're talking about. And that almost seems like a like a total, like, denial um, little phase where, like, <clears throat> so many things around her, like, are crashing down, like, with her mom, with her having to, like, completely rediscover the things that happened with her with her dad, like, cheating on her mom and, and whatever, and so many things like the one thing that was good for her at least at like the beginning was rose and then to then like hear her even say like don't even say anything that's gonna make me like hate you because you're like the one good thing going on in my life and so i i like her her little like fake i guess even though she doesn't really know it but fake relationship with rose and now she's like completely falling in love after the whole uh 355 incident where she left her and stuff and rose was there to to take her place to take that place and then to have like the whole connection and rediscovering her family and everything it's that's kind of where i'm at with it russ yeah it, it almost like I, I mean i think i was just struck by how like how much explanation you get for why dr man is so closed off um because she really like <laughs> the I love the scene where it's like she's flying the kite and it's like, did you just crack a smile? Like the one time Rose's Cedar smile is just like her flying a kite in the middle of the night, you know? And like that, that is, um, that is the thing that breaks her seriousness. But she's like, I mean, she's pretty, like, she's kind of a cold character in a lot of ways, you know? Um, but just getting like, I mean, I, I think her heartbreak is so tangible of like the different yeah. steps in which that happens. Um, and even seeing, I don't know, it almost like weirdly reminds you of like the bachelor or something where you have all these like people who are, their whole thing is like, Oh, I, you know, last time I opened up to someone, I got my heart broken. I just, I'm so scared being vulnerable, but like, here's my backstory. And then they like, you're on a show with 30 people. You're going to get sent home. Like yeah, it's not going to yeah. work out and it just keeps happening. But it kind of felt like, like this chain reaction thing where you have like, the boy in the tree and like that whole thing. Um, and then, Oh, sorry, that was alter. But, um, you have the, uh, the girl, the girl. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. The girl at the, um, in college, in the college. Exactly. And then like, I thought that was so like that one hurt me. The yeah end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like seeing her with her parents as well. And like the whole dad's situation in the office with the doctor. Yeah. And like her, even thinking that she's the reason why they have to move like, Oh, it's cause of your allergies. And she's like, Oh, I promise I won't complain about my allergies. And like, yeah, that's like so sad. And you can just see how like all that stuff builds up to where like now she's with Rose and she's like, maybe I'll open up and smile when I fly this kite and maybe I can find love again. And then you have the same thing where it's like, Oh, actually well, even prepare for more tragedy. You also have, if you remember, she was into three fifty five. Like you remember right before they got in, you know, the, the boat or whatever, before that she, like, she was the one, I think it was volume one. She was at three, three fifty five's bedside and like kind of confesses her love to her. And then three fifty five drops the bomb that she 
is talking to Yorick, you know? Mm. And it's like, you see how Dr. Man, like, man, I guess I, I was going to say earlier, like she's kind of a simp and not in a bad way, just in a, she is a lover way, but you know, she, you can see how she gets her heart broken over and over and over. And it's kind of sad. Yeah. And it definitely like, it's one of those things where it's, you know, really well done. The the character that is the coldest actually being like maybe the most sensitive, you know, yeah. Like the oh, most, yeah. um, yeah. Vulnerable, I guess. Yeah. And I, I, I liked, I liked the time we got into in, even into her family and stuff too. Cause I'm like, it, it, the way that that affected how she wants to start cloning blew my, like, I, I really loved that. I was like, Oh wow. It is so, I was so surprised by Dr. Man in, in this volume in, in a way that I wanted to be. Cause like, I don't know for me, I'm sure you guys are the same way. I want to like all these characters and like, I know why I like you, Rick. I know why I like 355 Dr. Man, like, Ooh. And in, in that 355 single issue. Oh, that was so good. I loved that one. Um, okay. Oh, and then there's, <laughs> here's another line that I liked. I don't know how to tie it into the question. Cause I don't remember quite where it popped up. But Yorick says, Tokyo is the fever dream of a gay Kryptonian. I was like, oh my gosh. I freaking laugh. I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> I'm like, Brian K. Vaughn just has a ball as he's writing dialogue. I just know it. I'm like, what do you got in your little noggin there? Um, Actually, I guess that kind of ties in. I didn't write any questions down for this. But there's the whole arc of in Tokyo where it, it, it's, it's afterwards. It's kind of the tail end arc where Yorick and 355 are doing their thing while Dr. Man is off. Um, they, they, I guess they run into like, I, I don't, I'm air quoting right now, like a pimp. What, what would you describe her as? Yeah, sure. Her name is you. Yeah. Which she is freaking well, hilarious. She robot pimp. Robot doesn't, pimp. doesn't your call robot her a robot pimp. pimp or something like he that? He does. He does. Um, so her Android pimp or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the, yeah, she like literally like prostitutes robots. But that's like, I don't know. I thought that was super cool. I'm like, you know, because I thought I thought that was um a different character that we were seeing the first time. I was like, I didn't realize it was a man. So I was not shocked at all. I was like, okay. He said, he's like, hello. And it's like, that was the, the cliffhanger mm-hmm. ending of the issue. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what? Oh, next issue. I didn't think like, oh, wow. Who could this be? <laughs> you know? Did you feel that way? I guess reading it. Is reading it quickly. It was just kind of like the next page. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> we're so, so when you're bad. in the volume, I know it's like, I mean, I'm sure when people read that the first time, they were like, damn, this is the first guy we've seen. What are they, what are they cooking up in Japan to where they just got <laughs> yeah. guys, you know? Yeah. Um, but how, but how do we like, okay. So they break into the pop star thing. They get the greatest character in the entire series ampersand back. How did you like, um, Cause I want to, I'll ask it. Next question is going to be about Yorick and 355 in the hotel room. But how did you like, uh, the, like that whole arc or do we do, do we, it was just kind of like, okay. Or is, well, all my yeah. thoughts go to that scene in the hotel room. That was, yeah, the, was okay. But yeah. wait, what about, what about the villain? We're going to get there. But what about the, I feel like we're going to spend the longest time talking about that. So villain, Canadian celebrity villain, Canadian celebrity, like getting, uh, you know, even even the way that uh, Toyota was kind of a part of that, because she was looking for she like straight beheaded someone. <laughs> I was like, that was gnarly. That was I thought I was like, oh, she slid that throat. And then you see the head on the ground. I'm like, oh my, like straight decap. Toyota had some of my favorite like villainous, like as like a quote unquote like villain character had some of like my favorite dialogue in this in this volume, where she's she I believe is talking to. I think it's like Dr. Man and her, and her mom and everyone. And she like is basically saying like, man, like I've, I've gone on this. I'm doing like all these extracurricular activities while everyone's just like waiting out like their lives and having a good time and relaxing. And I'm on like an effing wild goose chase after this, after this chimp. And like, that's so sad to me that like all these other people are like trying to enjoy like their last years on like in life. And She's like just on this wild goose chase after a monkey and having yeah. to like kill people left and right just to get this monkey back. And yeah. she's been doing it for years and it's just continuously failing at it. So I, I don't know that that gave Toyota like some, I guess some humanist qualities of not just being a ninja in the shadows, but like, man, she's got to do that while everyone just gets to like sit and enjoy themselves. Did you guys like the reunion between Yorick and Ampersand? 
That was literally th- those two panels of them coming together were my favorite ever. Do you know why though? Where he bites him? Yes, because <laughs> it's like again, it's these big moments. Like I guess narratively, cinematically, we're waiting for like, oh my gosh, they've been apart for so long, and then they come together, and it's like a beautiful thing for one second, and then Ampersand bites Yorick, and I'm mm. like, that's exactly how that would happen. <laughs> and then he's At the like, end of the day, this is still a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, oh my gosh, I found my monkey, and and as much as it is like, oh, we need him for like scientific whatever, protecting humanity. It's a guy trying to get his monkey back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, and. He gets him, he bites him. He's like, oh my gosh, I missed you, buddy. Ow, son of a bitch. (laughs) And I'm like, I loved that. I just, oh, that was everything I needed. And I just really wanted to hit on that. Not because I just love Ampersand, but just because of that. Again, the humanity that Brian K. Vaughn puts into these things are so good. All right. And so now let's talk about the notorious hotel scene. Um... Obviously, this has some foreshadowing to one of the most meaningful scenes in the entire series. Uh, and I think we're going to talk about at, at length the one in the future. But let's talk about what happened in that room between Yorick and uh, 355. Obviously, it's the first time we saw that character break down. Um, Russ, I know that you have some thoughts about that scene. And I... I'm going to say it for me. I don't know how it is for you. Obviously, my favorite scene in the entire book. Uh, is that a mutual? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think especially having read the read the whole series. I mean, I think first time through, even when I read this, it was like, it's so good. And you know what it is? It's like, I feel like when I was reading this the second time, I was like, you know what? He does such a good, Brian K. Vaughn does such a good job of like the mid-story dialogue you know like i think it so often like you know you get like the whatever like in a movie like in the first 15 minutes like the two characters like we've been best friends since childhood and then you just have to believe them for the rest of the movie and like they don't really develop it or anything yeah exactly they don't exactly they don't earn the the relationship but here just the way especially in in this issue as well as like in this whole volume I think he does such a good job of crafting these moments between 355 and York that are like so meaningful and make you like, um, I don't know, make you like feel good about like just the story and the progression and these characters in the midst of all this craziness that happened. Just like the moment where 355 and York are like kind of like being vulnerable with one another and talking about their murderous crimes in or whatever in, um, there's something so pure about that and so connecting about that between them um, that just makes it really, really engaging for me as a reader. No, I, I feel that too. And I, 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 I like what you said. I, Kyle and I listened to a podcast called Geek History Lesson, and it's like my dream to get those two hosts onto this show. But um, they, I was listening to an episode, and they just they said something about cramming exposition. And I think that's what you were talking about earlier. And I think you're right. I think he earns, I, I, I you and I have talked on uh, maybe other episodes or just in person, but I think Brian K. Vaughn earns pretty much his deaths. And I'm not foreshadowing anything there. I'm saying what we, we talked about that in the, what's the Canadian series we did. Oh yeah. Um, we stand, we on, stand guard. on guard. I think yeah. every second of that death that was earned and like the way that he does it, I'm like, Oh man. And then there's another one in, in a series of, uh, I read Ex Machina that he wrote. I'm like, oh man, like you just absolutely get it. Yep, that's exactly how that would happen. That's exactly how that should go down. And I think he just earns it. And I love that about him. So I think this was just, he teased us in a way. How did you feel about 355's breakdown? I liked it. I mean, like, I, did you, how did that hit with you? Maybe it hit differently than the first time, but like, man, I feel like, oh, she didn't want to be hard anymore, you know? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Like, you have these two... I, I thought that was what was kind of beautiful about it, too, is you have these two characters, like, polar opposite characters in some ways, where uh, York's, like, struggling with, like, the one person he killed, and 355 struggling with the 
countless number of people she's killed and how like that the continued effect on that versus you know it's like kind yeah. of the baby step effect versus like i've been doing this for so long and like the different but they're both they're both feeling the effects of that and the they way both, it makes them kindred is very cool yeah definitely so i thought that in terms of character development made a lot of sense to me for 355 to go from your first introduction of just she's just this culprit ring agent and she just wants to get stuff done um to now it's like oh no she's like very reflective in her decisions and actions and she like is sad about some of them you know like i thought that was cool yeah i wish i'd done some more research before i, ha- I want to know how early the the issue of a uh of her origin or whatever, her first killing was before this issue. Cause I think that would have been like, Whoa, you know what I mean? Cause he obviously timed that to witness her first killing and then have him talk. Yorick talk with her about his first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, Kyle, how'd you feel about that scene? <clears throat> I, I'm a big fan of how like we're at towards the end of volume four. And I think this was like the, the moment where like the, th- the thread of like trust is like officially like, like tied together where they, you know, like they have like these like buddy buddy moments throughout the whole series where they trust each other with like, I don't know, like random like sex stuff or like talking about like their past, like stuff like that, like surface level things. But this is kind of like the first time where, you know, like the one thing in York's life that he is like absolutely like upset with himself for and, and like can't bring himself to tell like it's it's time like it's time now like they think this is it so this is the end so like i need you to know that i trust you and so they both agree like man like i need to get some stuff off my chest too Mm -hmm. and so i think i think this being the like the culmination of all those conversations of like these little pieces of trust all the way to the one thing that they need to completely get off their chest is I think the most meaningful for me, like in this whole, I don't know, this whole part. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Um, it's, it's, oh my gosh, I just had something to say, but I forgot. It, I just think that Yorick and 355, like they're so kindred and like you see the way that they are influencing one another because she's starting to make pop culture references and, He's becoming responsible. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I just thought this scene was a beautiful. Uh, I also like how they don't like, they don't change who they are. Like, he doesn't change. Brian K. Vaughn doesn't change who they are even in this scene. It's like they're changing in their relationship together. But like, York's still gonna make an entire conversation about his like Beatles references, like with his him and his monkey. So it's consistent. It's yeah. It's it's. <laughs> I like how it doesn't stray like too far. Like I feel like too too often in like books and and movies and stuff like that. You know, like they hit this point of like change and then they they lose kind of a lot of like their own character from before. And I like how like everything, every bit of like dialogue and moment and like character building is like still consistent even in this like big change for for them as like a duo. Yeah. Oh man, that was good. I'm glad we talked about that because that was like, oh, especially knowing the future and not. That's yeah, much it, it really say. gives you like chills reading it. You like know, having for the second time, this was one of those scenes that was better the second time than it was like the first time reading through. And I felt that in in this volume, especially more than any other volume, because it's just like knowing the payoffs of what's going to happen later, and like again, we're going to talk at length about. It. But you you know that he is referring to this scene and that. Other Absolutely. One. And I didn't realize that, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. and how this is a, uh, it, what happened here, which we obviously found so personal to what happens later. You, you, it just, it crescendos more than even now. I'm like, even in this part, I'm like, Oh wow. I don't think it could have get. Oh, here's what I was going to say. I was going to, for this, I don't think it could have gotten more intimate than this. Mm-hmm. And then anyways, it levels up. The the lover the lover and guilty like guilty pleasure lover of like teen dramas and stuff like that like <laughs> romantic stuff. I remember it brought me back to the first time reading this, being pissed that they don't kiss each other. Oh yeah, we they get being, interrupted. Being furious, they mm-hmm. get interrupted and he gets bit in the air. Which is yeah, Ru- Russell is, Russell is the panel open, but it's like literally like she she like rustles his hair and yeah. 
and like messes up a little bit and then like completely grabs like his head like where he, anyone would to like kiss someone you and really don't brian you, what the f <laughs> you realize his ability to communicate to her in a way that only because we have the scene of the gun you know of him stealing her gun where it's like he's the only one who's able to talk her down and then there's this scene where she's like i don't want a yogurt brown pep talk and then in some roundabout way he is the only one who's able to gives her exactly what it, what she needs which is like what how is this guy the one who's in my head i'm like i still can't bridge the mental like mm-hmm. the hurdles um but it's funny too cuz i was what i was going to say about intimacy earlier you see I, I, these moments where they're in a room alone together. It's like you, you realize just like fundamentally Yorick and 355 who have been on this journey longer than everyone else. You know, I think Dr. Mann joins in volume two. You see their, uh, how, how, how important those moments are. And you realize when, when Dr. Mann and, and 355 are in a room together, they hook up. It's going to be that kind of intimacy. But when Yorick and her are in a room together, it's going to be this kind of intimacy, which I, I found so powerful. And again, it's something I caught the second time, not the first. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, Okay, moving on. Let's just go to the last three questions. Uh, favorite character in this volume? Kyle, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to go with uh, 355 on this one. I think consistently throughout this book. Um, we get to see like so many different levels of her. And I mean, we get her origin, obviously we get to see her be, uh, probably the least special agent in this, in this book. And we get to see her be like the most human. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah that's actually, I want to preface this. Okay. Kyle, I agree. And I'll elaborate on your secondary answer. That's what it is because I'm going to put you guys both on blast right now. I have been, we've been, I've been reaching out and I think I am mutually to blame for everyone uh, not being able to get this recording together, but Russell and Kyle have both bailed on me twice last week, harshly. I was ready to go and they, they bailed hardcore and the ramifications of them bailing was one thing. And that is no matter what they say today, their favorite character for this episode is Ampersand. <laughs> and so, Kyle, I'll accept your 355 answer, but that's because we all know currently your favorite character is Ampersand because he has the best moment anyways. I thought we agreed from the very first volume we weren't allowed to choose Ampersand. No. I think we had to shelve him. No, I said, this is what happened. Okay, Russell's like, he had something come up he couldn't record last week. That's fine. Then I'm like, okay, well, Kyle had the scheduling time open. And I said, oh, I said, Russell, okay, that's fine. Like, no worries. Your favorite character is Ampersand now. And then, and then uh, Kyle said, I was like, Kyle's schedule is open in my head. I'm like, hey, Kyle, you want to go hang out anyways? And Kyle's like, oh, I'm hanging out with Sav, his wife now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then I'm like, your, your favorite character is Ampersand too. Imagine telling my wife that... I won't actually be gone till 10 p.m. doing a podcast recording. And seeing the look on her face and ex- like excitement, I couldn't then go back on that, okay, Cameron? I'm going to counter that with, imagine the look on my face when Kyle bailed that. Well, but do you remember my response to you when you said that our favorite character should be Ampersand over text? <laughs> I didn't get it until I read the volume. <laughs> what did you say, Russ? I said, Ampersand's not just not my favorite character <laughs> he's also not my favorite monkey in, in this <laughs> in volume this <laughs> like, and i'm like damn what was the other one's name it bonnie was a, don't disrespect bonnie bonnie was a good monkey and i just loved bonnie saved the day because she chucked bonnie at the canadian pop star and ampersand and her interacted and it freaked her out yep. and it was able to get also who was it it was you you stabbed someone in the eye with a syringe. Yep. That, that brutal. Was, that was graphic. I was like, I was like trying to get through the dialogue on the other page. And I like kept like side eyeing the stabbing. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, I don't want to see that. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Anything with eyes, even if it was like a scene of someone putting a contact lens in, I'm like, that's graphic. Even with, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this is invasive. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry. 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 Kyle. So you're saying 355 because of the origin. I, I feel like we overlooked her origin. I thought the the original 355, like, tying in, and especially the way, I don't know why, but I'm actually 
I don't know if you guys know this about me. I love, I'm like very fascinated by the Bill Clinton, like Monica mm-hmm. Lewinsky, Whitewater, all that kind of stuff, scandal. I just am so, if I was to be a history buff, like that would be the history I like want to read about. Uh, to take that like like historical lens like further, when when I read this the very first time, it was just after I had literally watched an entire TV series and read a book about the original Culper Ring. Oh, really? I didn't with, even know. I even know it was a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was legit started by George Washington, yeah. and they were called like Washington spies, like later on in history. And like how they were able to do that during the Revolutionary War is actually like baffling. And it was literally like a month after I had done like all that, all that, like, I guess for fun learning. And I'm a history major, but like, it wasn't for school or anything. I just was super interested in it. And then just after that, it was like, I don't even know the first issue. And she mentions the Culper ring. And I was like, oh, I know all about that. <laughs> I remember. Here's a bad, here's a bad tale. I read this the first time and they kept referring to the Culper ring. And I think, I don't know why, but like, I wasn't like intentively, attentively reading the first volume of the freaking series. And I like, you know, I hear the Culper ring. I'm like, Oh wow, cool. What is the secret society of da 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 da? It was until the second time I, I read it that I'm like, oh, that is just the organization 355 is a part of. I had no idea who it was ongoing throughout the entire series moving forward the, the first time I read it. So there you go. Trash. Yeah. There, there's my tell. Russ, um, anything to say to Kyle's 355 favorite or is that your favorite too? Do you it's also it? my favorite. That's okay. I'm glad I yeah. said it first. Number one, 355. <laughs> number two, Bonnie. Number 17, Ampersand. <laughs> I have it in writing. So whatever you want, you silly little nillies. Um, 355 is the best. All the dialogue given to 355 is so amazing. It's unbelievable. And like just... Yeah. Yeah. Just like even in the Beatles, like the, we brought oh, up like the Beatles so dialogue. Good. And like just her ability to like quit back with that. That was amazing. I mean, she's the best. She's my favorite character in the whole thing. She's my favorite character here for sure. It is. Oh, man. You're, I think in this volume, you know what? That's so funny because actually, I think it, I don't take her for granted. I don't think she's my favorite character in this volume, though. Like, those moments. And again, it was my favorite moment. Her in the hotel room with Yorick. Like, absolutely. But I just think I was so, uh, I guess... And I, and I hate to say this because I've read it before. I was so surprised by Dr. Man, though. I think Dr. Man is absolutely my favorite character because I guess I know I've been, I've been Dr. Man in relationship perspectives before where it's like, oh, man, like, and I mean, I realize how sensitive I am. And to see Dr. Man reacting and, like, putting her guard up in that way, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I just relate so hard and... That, that, that kind of closeness to a character and then her familial stuff and then to get hurt again and just I, I feel like I have just been in the situation where Dr. Man is at when when she's like I'm in love with you you know kind of thing I, mean, I haven't been that explicit about it but it's like oh wow I, I love you so much and the person doesn't like we're gonna graduate like this is over and I'm like oh wow I just thought that was so I'm like, ooh, that just hit different. And like the way that it propelled that character's entire journey for me was just, I was like, ooh, I, I absolutely love that, you know? And then I, I noticed we, we didn't talk about, they went into, again, I think this, it's kind of the cliffhanger of this book. We have the issue with Alter afterwards. But right before that, we see the toll that she took on her body in cloning. Mm-hmm. And I thought that whole thing was like, oh, wow. Like, I loved it. I loved that character, so... Is there, I don't, I, Russ, I feel like I didn't let you go on long enough about 355. Was it just, were, did you get everything off your chest? Yeah, she's great. She's the best one. I think one bonus character that we didn't talk about that I didn't get a chance to do, we, we talked about Hero a lot in uh, the last episode, but, mm-hmm. what? The Hero Beth stuff in this was nice. I, that's, I, I'm like, I was like, we talked a lot about Hero's transition and everything, and I'm like, I don't want to talk about Hero as much as I want to talk about Beth. And I think that was another before I got to the, because I forgot about the hotel stuff in this one. Before I got to that, the hero Beth stuff and the letter that Yorick gave Beth. Uh, it hurts. I'm like, I think that is an honorary, like, additional favorite character. I freaking loved that. It was so good. I'm like, I didn't, 
I forgot about that, and I didn't know this story could hit that hard. And I think I think it was those two moments that it's like, oh, this is my favorite volume because it just it, it's so much payoff. So, I guess to paint a picture for the audience, um, if we, we I, I do a terrible job these days of narrating what happens in the story and going through it, but you know, Yo Rick sends uh, Hero, his sister, to the girl that he fell in love with, who we find out is pregnant with his seed. And that whole arc of finding out whether it's a boy or a girl was awesome too. <laughs> With the weird little cathedral people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had like the people looking for the Pope. Yeah. It's, um, that's so funny. Yeah. So I, I, I found all that and I was like, Oh man, uh, pretty much Yorick giving her, giving hero a letter that she didn't read by the way, which I was like, okay, character. That that's that's character arc right there. Yeah, <laughs> not reading the letter, but um, he sends her to Beth because he says, "Hey, I this is my sister, and I know that you can help her." Yeah, it's so it's so interesting that like Brian K. Vaughn, because you'd expect it to be like this big long love letter for Beth, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of like knowing that she's pregnant now, you kind of want it to be a little bit, but it's a, it's not like it's like re it's reestablishing the like missing sister brother um, relationship that they could be having if he wasn't off on this giant chase and him understanding that like she's changed. And so like you, you definitely want it to be this like big love letter of like, I'm going to be there for you once this is all over. And like, like, like I'm going to come back for you and stuff, but it's more so like an official goodbye, but also can you do this thing for me? Yeah. While you're also holding my child that I don't know about. Yeah. It kind of hurts. It hurts. It, it's a, it's a beautiful tragedy, but it's not because there's, it's a, it's a, I was watching the office and they were talking, I've been watching the office. You can't already tell, but I've, the second time I mentioned it on this episode, they talk about Michael Scott having a complex ending, you know, uh, uh traditionally they, I, specifically for the episode of, of the, it's in the first season where he fires someone on Halloween and it cuts to, I don't know if you guys remember this or you've seen it. It cuts to the episode, you know, he, he makes a buffoon out of himself firing the guy, classic Michael Scott, but it shows him on Halloween. Uh, and he's kind of sitting by himself. Just it's, it's a sad ending, but you see trick or treaters come to the door and he lights up in the way that only Michael Scott does. And Steve Carell, especially, uh, and the way that he hands out the candy to the trick or treaters, they were like, the writer, because they have the writer on the podcast, it's Office Ladies Podcast. That's why the, that's my number one podcast of the year. What the heck? <laughs> uh, Spotify wrapped, but it shows they're like the writer of the episode was talking to the showrunner, and he says this isn't a good ending. Like this de- narratively, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't like there's no resol. This is not a resolution. And he and oh my gosh, the showrunner I forget his name. He says. Uh, what you need to know is that this is a complex ending. You know, there's not quite a resolution, but like this does pick up all the pieces and gives us a heartwarming ending. And I feel like that's what happened. What I'm trying to say, that's what happened in this moment in, in the story where it's a complex ending. Yorick couldn't be, and I don't think he was ever going to be capable enough to be the partner that Beth deserved. Uh, but finding, finding someone who can protect her and her new child and then giving hero someone to care for and be of use to was just perfect. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I just ranted. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I, I just a side note. One of my favorite moments of dialogue was between hero and Beth where like, um, they just got like the, whatever the chloroform over and like knocked unconscious by the nuns and they wake up in like this, um, secure room and then heroes like medieval times yeah exactly um and then i have the panel open but heroes like i can't believe i got taken down by a girl with a stick and then beth's like it's called a halberd renaissance <laughs> weapon and don't feel bad they held off the nazis with those things back in 43 and then heroes like yeah you're definitely the kind of girl my brother would bone yeah and it's just like so perfect it was it yeah. that one stuck out to me too um i have my third one but i'm gonna save that for my favorite moment so favorite moment russ you go first well we are we doing second favorite moments or um what? we don't have to go at length uh, but we're, we're we're winding down but is that it I think he meant it as like our first, all of our first is probably the hotel scene. I was going to ask Kyle that. Yeah. Is that all your first? Is that what you meant? Yeah. Is that yours as well? Probably. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay. Second favorite moments then briefly. I have one that like is such a minor moment, 
that is actually like a favorite moment just because I thought like, wow, what an interesting thing to like put in here. It's actually the very, the very first page of the entire thing where it's like the reporter interviewing all these people. Have you seen a man and stuff like that? And this isn't, yeah, this isn't really a moment because again, hotel moment, that's my moment. But this is like just like yeah, a yeah. side thing that I thought was like so well written was when they're all like talking about, oh yeah, like, you know, like the people in Rwanda, I heard like the Tutsi tribe, they're all, all their men are alive and they're all just saying like all this like crazy yeah. theories. And then within the theories, you have this lady say, what about the astronauts? How come no one's <laughs> thought about the astronauts? And then you go to another crazy thing right after that as well. And it's like, Within all the craziness, this one lady, <laughs> still sort of crazy, actually like said something that was yeah. remarkably close to... It was true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just love that as like, I don't know, yeah. in all the weird random journalism and all like the interviews that are like total shams and like that there's this lady who still has no evidence to back her claim, but like took this shot in the dark claim and it's like totally correct. Yeah. And only you as a reader know that it's a little secret. I, I loved that. I loved reading that and being like, Oh, I get it. But like, they don't, you know? And so, yeah, there's a great issue of Spider-Man that actually does that pretty much the whole time. He it's, it's a, someone is just making a documentary and he just gets the public opinion. He goes to different people in New York and he says, what, what do you think of Spider-Man? I love him. I hate him. I da da da. And then the issue simultaneously, something happened, something happening in the background and the issue ends on the guy pretty much comes up to Peter Parker and he's like, what do you think about Spider-Man? I just think he's a guy who's, who's, you know, he's just trying his best. And mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, it's like that little secret in the same way. And like, you know, now shoot, it must be Chip Zdarsky ripped that from freaking from why the last man. Wow. Now I'm sad. I hate that issue now. <laughs> uh, Kyle, secondary favorite. Uh, I'm going to the very opposite end of the book, but I guess like the cliffhanger ending, or I guess not really cliffhanger, but more so just like tease for like what's coming up next was getting like the full, I said alters my favorite origin story. And I love how it goes with her whole origin and we understand who she really is. And then she has the twins in Kansas, like at gunpoint. And they're kind of just like, like, why do you want to kill, uh, why do you want to kill Yorick? Like, what do you want with him? And then she basically ends it with saying like, I, like, I don't want to kill him. Like I'm going to be this, the thing that like saves him. And because all these other, all these yeah. other country, all these other countries and armies want him and everything like that. Want, want to know why he's still alive because of the, again, it started with the report that came out and then now she's even like, yeah, everyone's seen that report. Everyone's looking for him. Like the opposite of what he said was going to happen. And so I like that we get like the entire, like full, full picture of, of Alter wanting to originally take him and kill him and do all these sorts of things with him in volume two. And we get all the way to the end and she ends it with saying, I assure you, I'm not the last man's enemy. I'm the, I'm his savior. Yeah. And, and it, I'm sorry. To, just to end that, like end the book that way, I thought was just exciting and got me excited for what's next. Yeah. That's something that I like. I like that about, uh, I think that's how you write a good villain mm -hmm. is, is, you know, they don't believe they're the villain. They believe they're saving everyone. And I, and, and I believe that ultra feels that way about herself, you know? And, and, and I love that. So I, I think you're right. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I would have forgotten, but that I really like that the book ended on that note because it's really, it's, it's not a cliffhanger. It's just mm -hmm. a very de defining character moment and like mm -hmm. identity kind of statement about wh who Alter believes she is. Yeah, more uh, of just like a get ready for like what's next, not like a oh we don't know what's gonna happen. Like we do know what's gonna happen. She's gonna go find him. Like, yeah, and she's gonna go get him. And yeah, so. um, spoilers. Oh my god, no, just kidding. That was maybe a spoiler, but it's the last volume and it's gonna happen soon. So let's just calm down. Um, my my favorite one. It's not a huge moment, a huge bombastic moment, but I think it. it when I when I think about dialogue in this text, I think it's my favorite piece of dialogue in this entire series, and it's not anything super crazy, but it's when you is talking to the Canadian drug lords or the Canadian pop star drug lord, whatever she is, yeah. <laughs> that character, after she murks her, she's trying to liberate her uh, subordinates, and she says something, and I read it down. It says, "You can either be self-destructive thugs or gangsters of love," and that is that. I don't know why that just resonates so. That was my. Uh, Instagram bio for a long time. I wrote gangster of love because I just think that is so freaking cool. I, I don't know what it is about 
the way those words come together and the picture it paints in my brain. I think that is so freaking cool. And I think that's, I don't know. I, maybe it's something I live by. Um, I'm just out here trying to be a gangster of love. So <laughs> that's, that's my little third dialogue that I just want to p- put out there. Cause I just thought his dialogue, especially in this volume was so on point. Okay. Last question. What do we rate this out of 10? Uh, who wants to go first? I can go first and go first or no, not out of 10 out of five. Sorry. That's what I was going to like, dang, we're going to change it up for book four. Or what? I always forget. It's I'll been like, a while. So. I think I rated, I rated, I did two comic book reviews and I was like, I think pretty sure one was on a scale of five and one on a scale of 10. I'm like, not enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm like, I don't care, <laughs> but out of five for this one, I'll give this one the first, the first five for me. Oh my gosh. I don't know what, I don't love that can't tell you what's wrong with this book so i couldn't either i couldn't either that's where i'm at i think that's a spoiler for what i'm gonna rate it uh, russ um he's not gonna give it a five he's gonna give it like a. Four there's five. no way 4.98 i was originally <laughs> good yeah well I'm, I'm giving it a 4.9 <laughs> love that so 4. basically 9. a five <laughs> uh 4.9 not enough bonnie scenes <laughs> Bonnie, the true hero, the people's champ. Such a four. Oh my Such a four in the Enneagram. Oh my, is that? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, no, I definitely give this a five because again, when I when I think about like how I rate, it's obviously nobody is surprised by my rating scale because I'm like, and also I don't care what you think about my rating scale because I'll probably give next next week's a five two spoiler, but um, or next volumes a five two. But for me in this one, I think that uh, yeah. I think when I, when I give out my ratings, I think of, okay, what, what can I knock off? Is there anything or, and, and if I'm knocking something off, does the good overpower those little things? There's nothing I can knock off on this volume. And also I read it very like snappy quick and it was just, I just had a delightful morning reading this book. And so they also figured out electricity by here. So we're good. <laughs> so I was like looking, I was looking at so. I think about Kyle's electricity and now just going through the book looking for electricity. <laughs> Telling you, dude, they, everyone's got the lights on in this volume, so that's why it's a five. Kyle's, I just, that's probably one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite things for someone to get pissed off about is there's no electricity. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I give it a five, easy five. Um, I think that wraps up volume four for us, unless you guys have anything you want to share. I think we we're pretty thorough. Um I uh, thank you for checking out Cameron's comics. Make sure to leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes and also go check our Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. I have been posting a lot more YouTube videos. I think I've posted more in the last week than I ever have. So go check those out. I'm doing a lot of short form content on there and I'm pretty happy and excited about the trajectory of that. I've also got a lot better at making thumbnails, which is a win. So <laughs> it's not... You know what? It's a lot easier than we think. I'm like, I need, I was thinking I need uh what's it called for it? Uh, An editor? Yeah, Adobe. I don't need oh. Adobe. Canva is doing the job just fine. So uh, make sure to check those out. Uh, a lot more stuff coming on the YouTube channel front, and I'm really excited about it. So remember, I'm Cameron. I don't just read comics. I love them. Russell and Kyle, thank you for being here. I love you, mean it.